welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Rayleigh FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I am here as always with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hey, everyone. Hey, Quinn. Hey, Jillian. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I'm home now because I left school super early, so that's always fun. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I left for Seattle, and then Jillian texted me and was like, oh, and I guess I'm not going to see you for another six weeks because I left. Bye. <laughs> I did not. Okay, maybe I did that say that. basically what happened. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it verbatim. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, Quinn was at PodCon, which is awesome. Tell us about that. It was super fun. Um, I had a great time, and I got to meet a couple listeners, which was cool. So if you're one of the people I met, hello, you were really cool. And I got to go to panels and see some people like from Relay and the Incomparable Network uh, who I either haven't met before or haven't seen in a while. So overall, I had a great time. And Seattle's a really cool city. I'd never been to Seattle before, but I gave myself an extra day to just kind of visit the city outside of the convention. Um, And I thought it was great. So if you live in Seattle, you know, good job. Good city. A plus. (laughs) Yeah, my mom like low-key wants me to move to Seattle. So there's that. Wait. Why does she want you to move to Seattle? So she has an excuse to visit? No, I think she wants to stay in New York, and I think she wants me to move to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how our relationship is going. Now, um, no, she visited Seattle, like, when she was younger, and she loved it. And she just, like, really doesn't want me in New York because she, like, hates New York. Um, Wait, then why does she live there? Okay, there's a difference between New York and Long Island. <laughs> just no but like culturally like long island is really not new york city at all um and she just doesn't like manhattan so i've never actually been to long island i know that you live there and i've gone to new york a lot but i've never made it all the way out to long island you are always welcome i know but you live so far away okay it's literally an hour train (laughs) Uh uh-huh okay well (laughs) i tried Anyway, I might actually move to Seattle. I don't know. I don't know where I'm moving. Um, that's the theme of my life right now is uncertainty. But there's a, you know, a non-zero chance that Seattle will be the place I move to after graduation. And it was good that I liked it so I can keep that option open in my life. Oh, yeah, definitely. So speaking of people moving away from home. Oh, my God, Quinn. <laughs> hey, OK, I'm really proud of that transition. So there was a really interesting story in the BBC this week about aliens, which I am super hyped about. And in the most broad, simplified terms, they found something in the sky and they were like, probably not an alien spaceship, but could be an alien spaceship. Let's find out. (laughs) Which is just like the funniest thing, I think, because it's just like all these experts are being or with who are supposed to have all the answers are just like, hmm, maybe it is. We don't know yet. (laughs) So, there is an interstellar asteroid named Oumuamua, which is the Hawaiian word for a messenger from afar arriving first, which is a beautiful and efficient word. Yes, and also very specific. (laughs) I like it. But it was actually detected back in October, and now there's a team that is backed by the billionaire Yuri Milner, who is just... Yuri Milner just, like, shows up because he's, like, really trying to get into space, isn't he? Isn't he the one that's, that's... really pushing towards space tourism Mm, possibly yeah he has had some investments um into like space exploration before which is pretty cool i'm about it but anyway so he is backing this initiative to 
um, observe the asteroid and basically try to figure out if it's an alien spacecraft. That's really cool. Imagine what it must be like to have that much money and just be like, I want to find out if this is a UFO and then just throw money at it. That's kind of cool. I I know, right? Well, it's because um, researchers have previously theorized that like a cigar shape would be a pretty likely um, design for an alien spacecraft um, because, you know, it would like minimize friction and all that stuff. And lo and behold, this cigar shaped um, unidentified object shows up. And so people are now trying to figure out, like, are there any signs of life, any signs of alien technology on this? Is there anything to suggest that there is some kind of intelligent power behind this and it's not just a big rock in the sky? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although it would be awesome if just, like, little green men started coming out of it, you know? But I don't think... I think we're past that. Yeah, probably. Um, there are just so many episodes that I've watched of Rick and Morty where, like, aliens come and they kind of just, like, integrate themselves into Earth and, like, everyone's just, like, really chill with it. But, like, I don't know how that would go down <laughs> in the U.S. Yeah, we're not even good at other people. I don't know how we're going to do with other species. Yeah, agreed. Well, do you believe that there are aliens out there? Oh, heck yeah. 110%. Um, just because of Rick, or Mor- Rick and Morty or... So... TLDR in third grade I was part of this gifted program where we literally spent an entire semester just like looking into different myths and stories about aliens we had like a unit on Bigfoot it was really cool um and so we like watched all these like weird movies of people who who were like being interviewed who said they were kidnapped by aliens and ever since then I've just been like terrified of being abducted like, your entire life, you've just been scared of, like, an alien kidnapping you and probing you in the middle of the night? Yes. And then when Katy Perry's song, E.T., came out, I was like, oh, my God, these are all my worst fears <laughs> in a single three-minute song. That is surprisingly catchy. <laughs> I, too, am afraid of Katy Perry and Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've never been, like, afraid of aliens, but... I do believe that there is intelligent life somewhere out there in the universe, and I don't know if it's way too far away that we would ever make contact with it. I don't know if it's way too primitive that it's not possible. But I believe it's honestly kind of presumptuous to assume that that this planet has the only intelligent life in the or life at all, basically, in the entire universe. Intelligence seems like a stretch. <laughs> I don't know. We have dogs. Okay, that's true. That is fair. Yes, I just, true. I want to take a moment. Because one time someone sent a message to me on Twitter and he was very mad about many things on this show, but he was so mad that we said animals were smarter than humans. And I think about that all the time. Like I, he was so genuinely angry that we had made jokes about animals being smarter than humans. But they are smarter than humans. (laughs) Yep. I'm sticking by that. Yeah. I have no regrets. Zero mixed feelings about that one. (laughs) I just, uh, anyway, yeah, I do love those stories where aliens come to Earth and they think that something that is not a human is, like, the highest form of life, um, available, and, you know, that becomes, like, the gimmick of the story. I think Mm -hmm. those are pretty great. We should have more of those out there. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean, I, 
Like, I don't think that there's, you know, like Area 51, the government is hiding aliens from us because have you seen our president? And he would not be able to keep that secret. Um, But (laughs) I do think that like somewhere out there in the big wide universe, there is other life or there will be someday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, like Area 51, just like, I don't know. I feel like all of these rumors or not rumors, but like those things that people don't talk about publicly, but like everyone kind of knows is a thing. Stuff like that always fascinates me. Like, do you mean like conspiracy theories or what? Yes. But like Area 51 is not really a conspiracy theory. That is like the original conspiracy theory. But but it's always it's it's totally real. Um, Jillian. Do you believe that they are keeping secret aliens in some place called Area 51? Um, <laughs> maybe. Jillian? <laughs> well, if they were going to keep secret aliens anywhere, it would be there. Okay, everyone, the show is now over. Jillian and I need to have a talk off the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, I know. Um, yeah, but conspiracy theories just, like really entertain me like the one where the well that's not the one where it's not really like okay it's kind of a conspiracy theory where people are like oh like the moon landing never happened it was shot in the disney studio i'm just like really the moon landing was (laughs) faked bush did 9-11 yeah oh yeah gotta love those (laughs) the illuminati did it no that's true that's the thing is it so I feel like a lot of things that used to be fun to laugh at because they were just absurd are no longer fun to laugh at because they are taken way too seriously. Yeah, which is not a great sign of our progress as human beings. This show used to be fun. And here we are. Here's the world. <laughs> are we sure, though? Literally, Mixed feelings started like two weeks before... You know, you know what happened. Uh, speaking of which, one of the reasons why, I mean, I've always, like, had this belief that there is intelligent life somewhere in the universe, but it is kind of comforting in the in this very tenuous time in human history that if we do destroy the planet and all life on Earth, there's other places out there. Something will continue. Yep, and hopefully they won't make the same mistakes that we did. Maybe they'll evolve from a different species and then they can be fine. Like, maybe there are Vulcans out there who are just less irrational and emotional than we are, can just chill and be cool. That was a Star Trek reference. Ah, yes. I, I should have asked you to say what I, I should have asked you to tell me what I was talking about and see if you knew. Yeah, I was going to say big birds. <laughs> what? I thought Vulcans were like. I got mixed up between Vulcans and Falcons. Oh, my God. I don't know if this has come up on the show before or not. We've been doing this for a while. But Jillian has never experienced Star Trek or Star Wars. I made her a slideshow to tell them apart because she has no idea what's okay. going on. I saw one of the Star Wars movies. Which one? The fourth one. That's really the first one. Are you the one with Luke? The Yeah. The one with okay. Luke and Leia. So, like, the orig- the OG number one. All right. That's acceptable. Okay. Do you remember anything about it? Um, Leia and him are siblings. Oh, good job. And it's not even in that one, but I'm glad that you know that. Darth Vader is uh, Luke's father. Yeah. Spoilers for Star Wars, um, the movie that is 40 years old. 
something like that. Oh my god. I would totally be down for some kind of interstellar society where instead of just like having a relationship between countries, entire planets unite and have relationships. But even as I'm saying these words out loud, this is completely unrealistic. Oh, I would not be down with that. Why not? The Intergalactic Federation and Rick and Morty ended horribly. <laughs> I cannot believe this is your only pop culture basis for this. It's fine. <laughs> Guys, I love Rick and Morty. If you don't watch Rick and Morty, you need to. It will change your life for the better, I promise. Anyway, so <laughs> it goes really well in Star Trek for a while, but th- this is a, this is a thing. I don't really think that that's realistic in terms of humans. I think that even if alien races could pull themselves together and unite as an entire species and communicate with other species, I really think that humans are going to be too busy fighting each other and then trying to fight all of the aliens for this to ever work out. Yeah, agreed. Um, Yeah, that would not go over well on our part. This is sad. If we did find evidence of life on this asteroid that we have discovered, and I mean something that suggests that there is some form of intelligent life, because like the headline is that we're searching for alien technology, which I think, I mean, mean, this is a very broad term. I'm not saying they're going to find like the alien equivalent of an iPhone on it. But if we did find something that suggests that there is actual intelligent life somewhere in the universe, what do you think would happen? I think, like, half the people wouldn't believe it, and then half the people would be like, woo, this is cool. Um, Pretty much, basically, how it goes for literally everything that comes out. Um, There's always going to be people who are against stuff. But um, I don't know. I mean, how would you react to this? I feel like I would be pretty chill about it. I'd be like... All right, because I mean, unless there's a big laser pointed at us, I don't think it necessarily affects my day-to-day life that much. What I'm really concerned about is the possibility of us making contact with an alien species while Trump is still in office. Because could we, like, hold off on just a couple years for that one? Yeah, imagine, like, aliens invaded and we'd be like, I know this looks bad, but this is, this, we will have a better attempt in a few years, I promise. They're like, take us to your leader, and we're like, okay, where's Beyonce? (laughs) Where's Jay-Z at, though? (laughs) I just give them Obama, honestly. I'm like, he's the best we have. (laughs) I wouldn't, I'm not saying I would sacrifice Obama to an alien spacecraft. This has gone to a weird place. I mean, I would suggest him as our leader. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. I would want to know more about these aliens. Like, do they have capitalism? You know? Like, the important questions. Do you really think that an alien species would develop capitalism in the same way that we have? Yeah, you're right. Theirs would be way much more efficient, and they probably wouldn't have taxes. And I'm going to be thinking about this a lot. Like, is there an essential human trait that has led us to develop the systems of government and economics that we have? And there's just, like, if we were different, would we have different things? Or are these just essential systems and then there are no other ways to organize? Although, I mean, if you had a species that was actually capable of following the ideals of an original system, communism slash socialism could potentially work. Like, it doesn't work because humans are humans, 
But if, you know, you had aliens that worked in fundamentally rational ways and weren't as self-interested and exploitative of systems, maybe it would work. Yeah, like, in economic theories, when there's a benevolent dictator and, like, the government pretty much does everything, like, it works because people are just like, yay, everything's efficient. Um, But people are not rational in real life, so, alas, here we are. All right, rational aliens with benevolent dictators, hit us up. (laughs) Yo, I am down. (laughs) I'm not quite sure what's going on with this topic, and it might... There might be new developments um, before this episode goes up, so if so, they will be linked in the show notes. But I just want to talk about this because I feel like there's a lot of interesting things to touch on. And this is the case of Keaton James. So if you haven't been following the story, Keaton James is, I believe, an 11-year-old boy. And there was a video that went viral of him talking about being bullied. And, I mean, it was very sad. And he's talking about the... The physical and emotional abuses he's gone through at school um, after his mom picked us picked him up at lunchtime, and this video ended up rallying support from tons of people, including a bunch of celebrities like Chris Evans, who invited him to be a guest to the Infinity Wars premiere um, next year. And so there's been this huge outpouring of support. There was a GoFundMe that was raised for this kid. I'm not sure exactly what the money was supposed to be going towards. But anyway, they raised like $60,000 for this kid. And then the other shoe dropped. Um, And this is where I would like to quote one of my favorite tweets in the world. The whole internet loves Milkshake Duck, a lovely duck that drinks milkshakes. Five seconds later. We regret to inform you the duck is racist. (laughs) That's by at PixelatedVote on Twitter. I just really like that tweet. Um, So, yeah. And then at this point, people discovered that Keaton's mom, the one who had, you know, filmed this and put it online, had some incredibly um, problematic and racist things on her Facebook page. And there were pictures of her, like, posing with Confederate flags. And there were some suggestions that, like, this was somewhat a stunt. I think that, like, the school confirmed that, that... Keaton had been bullied but it was perhaps less severe than he said um, or that the school had in fact disciplined the people involved already um, and that's a little fuzzy and the the GoFundMe got pulled down um, and it's unclear what's going on with that and the money that got donated right now because there wasn't even a verified connection to the Jones family um, because the GoFundMe was started by someone else apparently and it's all a bit fuzzy and murky right now, and it looks like it is a huge mess. Yeah, I... GoFundMes just, like, really fascinate me when they're just for, like, really random things. Like, I understand if you're, like, raising money for, like, a charity or, like, someone need, in your family needs an operation, you have a GoFundMe. But, like, like you said, Quinn, like, okay, so this kid's being bullied, but then what is the money going toward? Like, is it going toward, like, some anti-bullying foundation like i'm just it's just very unclear and here's the real kicker is that um some people have alleged that the bullying was occurring because he and i quote used racial epithets so now we're in a really weird area yeah yeah i mean it's just like all of these celebrities were just giving him this support being like oh like i'm sorry blah 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 like hanging out with my new friend like this one guy 
like hung out with him and was like tweeted like it was unbelievable to get to know him and realize that we have a lot in common this dude is very special and has changed my life forever like very dramatic tweets um and i'm like this guy is literally 11 like this kid is 11 years old like okay simmer yeah and the different celebrities um who offer their support initially have different responses because some of them are like full steam ahead basically and saying like well regardless of whether or not um his mom is really racist like this is still a kid this is still a kid who's been bullied and we should still support him um and then there are other people who are saying well first of all we don't even know if like maybe he was saying racist things um and that's why this was happening or maybe it was all somewhat of a stunt in the first place and like why should this person get special treatment when there are tons of kids who are bullied all across the u.s including i mean this is absolutely heartbreaking but in fact there was um a little 10 year old girl just last month named ashanti davis who killed herself after being so horribly bullied and this raises this question which always comes up with things like this is like why is support given to one and not the other yeah and honestly i think it's all about you know timing and i think especially now with social media and they're like it's just like such a domino effect like if one person sees one tweet and like just i don't know or just sees one case and picks it up over another case and then that is the case that just becomes you know um announced and exaggerated and just spread across you know social media and i think that's how you know like the system sort of favors i guess some cases over others which is just like obviously not great but that's just like the nature of social media and life i guess Mm -hmm. and it is it's very much a domino effect it's very much a bandwagon effect it's like when you see a bunch of people supporting um, this kid then it makes you feel like oh if i don't support this kid then people are gonna think i actively dislike the kid or that you know like oh i'm standing for bullying by not standing for this one particular case because it's the one that's getting attention Yeah, and I think that's just, like, the really scary part, right, about mob mentality, especially in celebrity culture. Like, it's just, like, well, if this one person's not, you know, I think, I feel like everything that's going on, especially with, you know, all the sexual assault allegations, um, this got really dark really quick, um, but just, like, this whole idea of, like, if one person doesn't say something and then you feel like a jerk for saying something, right? So it's just like, again, this domino effect that's not obviously always in the good way, in the good kind. Mm -hmm. And there are questions to be asked here because I don't think that any of these celebrities who offered support looked at this kid and said, that's a white kid, I'll support them. But I like there are questions to be raised as to why it was a white child who garnered this kind of widespread support um and not like they're like the millions of kids including like the black children who have taken their own lives and and recently and have gotten only one tenth um if that of this kind of media attention yeah but i think that's also you know sort of a self-selection process too like his mom i think was the one who posted this video right Mm -hmm. and I, i don't know i just feel like (laughs) wow this is going to be such a generalization but I feel like there are more white parents posting videos of their kids than there are like parents of minorities um and that's I mean I I don't know I feel like 
I just feel like posting videos is just like such a very like I don't know I feel like my, my my family has never posted videos and stuff like that because like privacy but like I also know that some like parents like really want their kids to be famous and so I think just like if you grow if you've lived or if you grow up in much more you know social media hungry or like fame hungry community or a family like you're just gonna if you're just I I can't even explain what I'm saying right now I don't know what I'm saying it's fine whatever um but basically I just feel like there are more videos of white kids doing things that may get attention just because there are statistically more white parents putting out videos of their children doing stuff that may or may not be true um I don't know if there are any statistics on that that we can look at um, but that is that is potentially a factor in it. Um, but it, it is like the after all of this attention got put on Keaton Jones and then the subsequent backlash and then other people started pointing out. Um, there are now more people talking about Ashwanti Davis and as well as Rosalie Avila, um, who was 13 years old um, when she died by suicide. And the same thing, I think, last month. Um, and now so some stars like Rihanna, who initially posted about Keaton James, ended up deleting that post and then making a post in support of these two little girls and their families instead, which is a very interesting development. Yeah, I feel like it's just like that weird, you know, thing of like, if you support one person, you can't really support another person for doing the exact same thing. I mean, okay, this is probably like very unrelated, but I read this article like in teen vogue like years ago and it was basically it was either an interview with victoria justice or selena gomez and basically it said that people who like selena gomez don't like victoria justice and vice versa and it was all because of this concept like only one of them could be a person's like favorite you know young latina like disney star or nickelodeon star or whatever and it just brings up that whole concept of like if you support someone but then you also support someone else does that mean you have to like withdraw support from the first one in order to make the support for your second one like more valid? Like, you know, like what what does that mean? I think that's sort of in the same universe as this. <laughs> oh, well, okay. <laughs> Wait, I there does seem to be like this bit of a dichotomy that's set up and it's like because of these allegations against Keaton James family that like oh like he comes from a racist family and may or may not been saying racist things that by supporting him, you are snubbing um, these other children of color. And so it's like a withdrawal of support for him and this shift towards supporting other people. And so there is that question of like, can you support both or is it disingenuous um, to offer your support to Keaton James and then turn around and be like, oh, and also these other people, but I'm not going to take back the first thing. Does that feel disingenuous to you? No, I don't think so. I mean... I, like, don't understand why you would have, you would, like, retract statements if you're also showing support for someone else, like, unless, I mean, I guess maybe for the publicity thing, like, oh, if this kid's from a racist family, then, like, I should not be associated with, like, supporting him, blah, 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 but, like, other than that, there were some stars that were, like, yeah, even if, like, say, like, his family is racist, that's not the kid's fault, especially if he was, like, being bullied for, like, something else, right? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's weird. Mm -hmm. That's a weird thing. It's, like, where, 
Because, I mean, pretty much everyone in most cases, um, if you have ingrained biases like racism, homophobia, all these things, like, you got them from your family and the environment that you grew up in. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, there becomes a line in which you become personally responsible for those things. And so I think Mm -hmm. the argument is, like, he is... Um, on the other side of this line where he is not personally responsible for like the way that his family is and the environment that he has grown up in but then the question is like at what age like if he was 14 and he said something and we we don't like these this this is now in the realm of like more hypothetical speculation um than like this specific case but like if you had a kid um who was 14 and said something racist like is he personally responsible for that or is it like when they're 16 or 18 like what is that line Mm mm-hmm yeah, and honestly though, like I I think it's I think it's very hard to say like, oh, this is the definitive age, you know? Like I honestly think and this sounds like super arbitrary because honestly to a point it is, it has to be on a, like a case by case basis. Like I think like I think like an 11-year-old like Keaton or whatever, if he says something like racist without like intent without meaning to like be racist and like j- um because he's like grown up in like a certain household and that's just like the way these views were just like put on him from like an early age versus say like an eight-year-old girl who's like in new york who's like knows what's going on and is just like more educated on the matter and then says something racist but like there's like more knowledge behind it like there's more intent like i think that's worse than you know him saying something even though like she may be younger so i do think it's like on a case-by-case basis i also think that um a lot of times like everybody says things that are not okay um especially if they're younger and they grew up in families that did not teach them their the right way to act Mm -hmm. you know and so there's also like this element of do they make growth as a person when they are exposed to outside ideas which is not something that we can evaluate on an 11 year old obviously this is again like of an outside conversation but i think that if someone and this is a question that comes up a lot is like in the day the age of people growing up in the internet can you ever escape your past but like i do believe that if someone says things like many years ago and they have not only stopped saying those things but like demonstrated um growth and like demonstrated true education then like yeah they that they, they should be given another chance because we have all said and done crappy things when we didn't understand how crappy they were yeah agreed all of this is to say, really, that, like, maybe celebrities should jump less on bandwagons of civilian children before they know the full story of what's going on. Yeah, agreed. They just, Retweet. They painted this huge spotlight and this huge target on this kid's back, and I think that it's only going to escalate from here. Um, so, nominations for the 75th Annual Golden Globe Awards were just announced, um, and so we, for our pop culture segment... Quinn and I are going to discuss these movies, even though we haven't really seen most of them. Wait, I want to start with some d- disclaimer. Of the the 10 movies that are nominated for Best Drama or Comedy or Musical, how many have you seen? Um, none. <laughs> I've seen one of them. <laughs> we are very bad moviegoers. So we're averaging about a half right now. <laughs> Not great odds. Which we're going to come back to. But let's talk about this in general first. 
Um, so yeah, the Golden Globe nominations were announced, raised a couple of eyebrows for some of the decisions that were made, including, let's just start with classifying Get Out as a comedy. Yeah. Okay, so Get Out is basically like this horror movie, and it just has a lot of um, different important themes going on regarding racism. So like the fact that it's just a comedy or musical is, I don't know about that. I haven't seen Get Out, but I have heard that like it is funny, but it is primarily a horror movie about racism. And I think that there, mm-hmm. there's something about that that makes it very concerning and strange that it's classified yeah. as a comedy first over it being classified as a drama. No, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think also though, just like the nature of the film in terms of like who was on the board, like working on it and stuff, like wasn't the guy from Key and Peel working on it. So that's obviously just going to push a movie more into the comedy segment because that's just like what they do. Right. As opposed to like a drama where you automatically think like, Oh, like, I don't know, um, some really deep film with, I don't know, Leo DiCaprio or something. I don't know. I feel like dramas are just much more serious in terms of, like, they're just more, like, the conventional, typical movie as opposed to, like, movies that are just more, like, yes, there's there's comedy, but then there's also horror, so, like, you can't really put a, I don't think you can put a horror movie in a drama like I don't think horror and drama belong in the same category but like the fact that you're just going to pair like a comedy and horror movie and then just put it in a comedy like that's I think that's the questionable part but again of course there is no horror you know section yeah the categories are really weird um but it's just like it doesn't seem right that get out is in the same category as the greatest showman which is the like, super light-hearted comedy musical it, it's I think especially um, given like how incredibly popular Get Out was and how or is and how and how big of a discussion that it garnered across our society, it just seems somewhat like a snub to put it in the comedy section. Almost like I think that you're right in that there is mm-hmm. almost like this gatekeeper capacity to the drama section that like you have to be more traditional, you have to have the right people. It's it's almost snobbish in my personal mm-hmm. opinion. And I, oh, I definitely think it's snobbish. Yeah, and I think there might be some aspect of that going on. Not necessarily that they're saying, like, oh, racism is funny, but it's just, like, it's not – it do- it doesn't have the right gatekeepers as part of the film in order to make it into, like, the esteemed drama category. Yeah, like, it's not, like, a highbrow film. Which I makes Which makes me angry. <laughs> but moving on from that controversy for a second, there was also some controversy over how few women were nominated, which, you know, makes me happy. There were no women nominated for Best Direction of a Motion Picture. Again, um, only one woman has ever won a Golden Globe for Best Directing, which is not surprising considering that only one woman has won an Oscar for Best Directing. These are different women. I I don't know. Anyway, there have been very few female nominees ever, and it's, but it's really interesting in this case because, I mean, Lady Bird had four different nominations, but they, she did not get the director's nomination um wonder woman was an amazing film that was very successful this year it was directed by a woman did not receive a nomination i'm not sure they received any nominations are they are we sure though that they're on the same calendar because i know the golden globes is weird and like which dates like they pick movies out from i know but i mean they have get out and lady bird and wonder woman came out between those so i'm gonna okay then never mind yeah Yeah. (laughs) 
I don't know timelines of movies. I have literally no idea what the Golden Globe timeline is, but I just know that like Wonder Woman came out in between those two movies, so I would assume that it's eligible to be nominated. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the movies on this haven't even come out yet. Like, The Greatest Showman has not come out yet, but it's nominated? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't ask questions anymore. But beyond that, that's always, you know, pretty frustrating to see. Uh this is obviously like this i've talked about this before this is a sore spot for me in particular um so that's not the greatest but on the other hand lady bird did get nominated for you know best picture for comedy or musical which again i'm not sure i would classify lady bird as a comedy um i just this is the only one on the list that i've seen and it was pretty intense honestly but i can see like that i could see how it could be qualified like that regardless um Looking at the nominees, I will say that of the best dramas that are nominated, I do want to see Call Me By Your Name. I don't care about any of these other movies. Maybe The Shape of Water. Got a trailer for that. Looked all right. Um, I do want to see everything that's in the best comedy or musical section. (laughs) So that tells you something about me. (laughs) Wait, Quinn, you're into musical theater? Hey. No, here's the thing. Okay. So The Greatest Showman is nominated for Best Picture Musical. I have questions about The Greatest Showman. I do want to see it, I think. But here's the thing. It's supposedly the story of P.T. Barnum. And I've seen a couple of trailers for it. And it's starring Hugh Jackman and like Zac Efron and Zendaya. And it's supposed to be this big, huge, family fun musical. And then the trailer. all of So P.T. Barnum like created the circus. Um, and... All of the performers are like, you brought us together and made us a family and like, we love you and support you through all these people who try to shut us out and call us freaks and all these things. And like, that is definitely not what happened. And it is an incredibly mm-hmm. fictionalized account of P.T. Barnum, who is not a good person. And I, I just like, why could you not just invent a new name? If you're going, it, like, the rest of the story is basically invented anyway. Why do you still have to have it as, like, supposedly this is P.T. Barnum? I, I'm not sure that was the best move. I mean, it's definitely for what, like, name recognition, right? Like, everyone knows the Barnum brothers and stuff like that. Yeah, but, like, it's very, very much, like, let's pretend that P.T. Barnum was a great person and, like, wasn't super racist and and horrible yeah i think it's just so like i guess when you're pitching movies to boards and trying to get money slash funding for these movies it's like i don't know i feel like oh this is a movie about pt barnum sounds better than like here's a movie about this random guy that we're gonna base on the life of pt barnum but call him something else you know like it's just name recognition at that point yeah i guess and the music was done by that this is the new Pasek and Paul movie who made La La Land um, and Dear Evan Hansen. And, like, I like Dear Evan Hansen. Don't really like La La Land. Not super confident mm. that I will enjoy this movie. But it's, it's you know, it's a, yeah. it's a musical. So I want to see it. <laughs> As one does. Out of all the movies on this list, which ones do you want to see? I know you don't like movies, but if you had to pick one. Oh, God, I don't know. Oh, um, maybe I, Tonya, just because, like, ice yeah, skating. Yeah, I do really want to see this. This is a sort of, 
pseudo mockumentary dark comedy of Tanya Harding, and apparently Margot Robbie is incredible at it. And we love Margot Robbie, mm-hmm. so. Oh yes, yes we do. I also <laughs> I really want to see the Disaster Artist, which is the story behind the movie The Room, which is this famous cults bad movie, which I've never seen. Um, but one of wait, what do you mean like bad movie? As in like it's just off. It's just a poorly yeah apparently it's just a movie? terrible movie but it's it's garnered this cult support and they have screenings of it all the time and then they made this movie called the disaster artist which i think is book based on a book of the same name um where it was written by the the like it was written by one of the people who made this movie and it's sort of the story of how it got made and all these things and um it's supposed to, the disaster artist is supposed to be really good and I kind of want to see it. I'm not sure if I should watch the room first. I might appreciate it more that way, but unclear. Yeah. What about, um, Quinn and I, what we're going to do, we were thinking about just like, because none of us, well, most, we have not seen most of these movies or heard about these movies. So for the ones we didn't know, we were just going to like read the title and try to come up with like an imaginary plot and then look up what it actually is and see how off we were. Um, so, you know, the shape of what the I shape of water is about, about, right? Yeah. So I'm going to guess what it's about and you can All tell right, me how on. wrong I am. <laughs> so I feel like the shape of water is about a chemist who is trying to... <laughs> I don't know, do research on different compounds. Um, and maybe there's just like some dramatic drowning and that's the shape of water. No. Not even a okay. little bit. <laughs> okay, well. And I just saw a trailer for it, but it is about, it's a government secret facility where they have this specimen that's basically a sea creature um basically one of the maintenance crew um but she falls in love with a sea creature and helps him escape whoa that is nothing okay that's nothing at all like what you thought it was no i am shook (laughs) yeah well it's nominated for best picture drama on the golden globes so is that is that an endorsement i don't know i can't endorse anything on this list because i've only seen one of them (laughs) I do endorse Lady Bird. It was a good movie. It was kind of traumatic to watch. So I guess if you're a young woman, it might be a bit personal. Wait, I don't know Lady Bird either. Is it, so you sort of told me a little bit about it. So it's just like a coming to age movie. It's So it's not about bird watching is what you're saying. No, it is not about bird watching. Okay. You're really into literal titles. So it is... A, basically a slice of life coming of age story of this young woman who's i mean her legal name is christine but she has named herself lady bird and she goes to a catholic school oh my god yes amazing i remember that as i was saying that sentence as you can probably hear but yeah it's her senior year of high school and she lives in sacramento california and she hates sacramento and she goes and she goes to a catholic school and she's trying to figure herself out and figure out dating and popularity and, and what she wants to do with her life and all of these things. Um, and it's an indie film and you can like feel how indie this film is, but it's also very quietly beautiful and compelling and interesting. Hmm. Yeah. That does sound interesting. Is any, does anyone, is anyone I know in it? Um, the only person I know who is in it is Beanie Feldstein, which I know because she is a Broadway person. Okay, so, no. 
So probably not. I don't know. I'm currently reading the Wikipedia description of The Shape of Water, and it is nothing <laughs> like I imagined. Just reasserting that. I saw a movie poster for Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and I have no idea what it's about, but I'm going to just guess that it's about a group of men, because that's what it looked like from the movie poster, and there is some kind of familial dispute, um, and it starts as like a... And it's more of a, a quiet, intense family drama um, in a small town, but there is some kind of dark, dark secret that escalates the situation. Ooh. I'm going to look up what this actually is now. Also, just finished reading the description of The Shape of Water, and now I kind of want to see it. It looks very intriguing. I already know what happens at the end, but, like, it's fine. All right, I was not really correct at all. Uh, the description is, after months have passed without a culprit in her daughter's murder case, Mildred Hayes makes a bold move, painting three signs leading into her town with a controversial message directed at William Willoughby, the town's revered chief of police, when his second-in-command, Officer Dixon, an immature mother's boy with a penchant for violence, gets involved, the battle is only exasperated. I also just looked at the movie poster, and I am not clear at all that I was thinking of the right movie poster. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Quinn, we are just so knowledgeable on pop culture right now. Listen, I just don't know things about, like, very serious dramas. I was all over the comedy or musical section. Yeah, this is fair. This is true. Um, Quinn's just all about the Tonys. Yeah, you know it. And that's going to be all from us today. Uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at MixedFeelingsFM, where you could tweet at us or send us a DM. You can also find us online at relay.fm slash mixedfeelings, where you can see our show notes, or in the Apple Podcast Store, where if you want to, you can leave us a review. You can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM. And you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thank you for talking with me. <laughs> Always a pleasure. I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our mixed feelings.